Welcome to Wiki Lickers. Today we're talking about Thomas Midgley Jr. Uh, he was an inventor and a scientist. I don't know much about him. I wanted to tell the guy, the guys about him or discover him on through Wikipedia because uh, he did something kind of amazingly notable. Um, so let's get right into it. All right. Thomas Midgley Jr. was a doctor. You forgot the doctor. Yeah, Dr. Thomas Midgley Jr. Thank you. Born. He worked hard for that. May 18th, 1889, and died November 2nd, 1944. Was he was an 80s baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the, the 80s? He <laughs> <laughs> was an American. He was an American. <laughs> He was an American mechanical engineer and chemist. He was a key figure in the <laughs> team of chemists led by Charles F. Kettering that developed... Holy shit. Oh, my God. Tetrathelic uh, lead? I can't, I can't see it quite. But. Sure. Tetrathelic. Additive to gasoline, as well as some first carbons. CFCs, which I think people know what that is. Right. So over the course of his career... Well, how do you say his name? Midgley? Midgley, yeah. I think. Midgley was granted over 100 patents. So this dude was busy. Yeah. Prolific uh, inventor of sorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Midgley was born in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, to a father, Thomas Midgley, who was an inventor. He grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and graduated from Cornell University in 1911 with a degree in mechanical engineering. Now, hold on a second. I want to rewind. You loved you. Back to this point here. It says that he developed tetrathylid. Yep. So leaded gasoline. He developed leaded gasoline. And some of the first chlorofluorocarbons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the thing that eats away the ozone. Yeah. So this guy played a major hand at uh He destroyed the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but that that's Unfortunately, that's what he's been notable with. This is sort of a funny thing, though. It was like plastic was a new deal back then, right? Like it's not been that long ago. And they're like, oh, there's all these amazing things we can do with chemistry. Little did they know (laughs) 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 that it was going to end up in Aquanet and, uh, you know, Depleting the ozone and heating up the world. Yeah, he, he kind of looks like an evil mastermind. Yeah, he kind. Once you know that about him, he could also be just like a you know, like a sweet dude. Yeah, yeah. sweet somebody's grandpa. <laughs> um. Oh, by the way, Cornell University Ivy League school, but in 1911 it was probably one of the only schools. So if you went to school, you went to Cornell mm. or Harvard. America didn't have great university. You know, it took a while for them to get schools. All right, should we read about the development of lead gasoline? I think that's m- mostly the punchline there is just that he accidentally contributed to the demise of the planet. Through in two, his, two different ways. In two different yeah. ways. Most of us can only strive to destroy the planet majorly in one way if uh, we're they, lucky in our in career. The, in the uh, the Evil Hall of Fame, he's an honorary member. He's an honor, unintentional Evil Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so here's something. In 1923, Midgley took a prolonged vacation to cure himself of lead poisoning. 
<laughs> after about a year's work in a organic lead. Oh, no. He wrote in January 1923, I find that my lungs have been affected and that it is necessary to drop all work and get a large supply of fresh air. I don't think fresh air cures that. You know, there's actually a lot of Chinese people who do that nowadays. Because well, they're just trying to get out of the, the, the smog in Beijing. Or, right. Yeah. So he went to Miami, Florida for convalescence. That's what they did back then. In April 1923, General Motors created the General Motors Chemical Company, GMCC, to supervise the production of uh, Tell by DuPont Company. Kettering was elected as president, and Midgley was vice president. However, after two deaths and several cases of lead poisoning... (laughs) (laughs) There might be something wrong here. (laughs) So you laugh at this stuff, but you don't laugh at the the funny words that we did. (laughs) Falls dark. (laughs) So every time you see the label... this is a conspiracy... All these lead poisons in this company. It must be. <laughs> well, obviously they knew it was bad for him. They had to go to Miami to get a, to get some fresh air after working <laughs> on it. But um, every time you see... It's funny that we still have the label unleaded gasoline because this is such an impact. <laughs> so when you yeah. see unleaded gasoline, think Thomas Midgley. Also, when you think about the earth you know, heating up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Midgley. I don't think he meant it. Do you, do you think he, uh, he thought sure. he probably thought he was doing good? He, I'm sure he, he did. He was doing a lot of good. Yeah. Well, there's what's that famous quote that uh, some of the worst things happen with the best intentions? Yeah. 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 Uh, the road to hell is paved in good intentions. Is it? Was that Churchill? Probably. Somebody. I think it was before that. Somebody. The, somebody the, famous. The good is the enemy of the perfect. Wait, the perfect is the enemy of the good. It has nothing to do with this. Mm. Probably not. Over the course of the next year, eight more people would die at DuPont's Deepwater, New Jersey plant. Yeah. All right. Well, You're this just gonna... is 1911, so, or no, 1924. Never mind. Yeah. This is after, you know, people's... Well, not really. Mm-hmm. So dissatisfied with the speed of DuPont's tell, which is, by the way, short for the lead of gasoline. That's what I'm gathering. Okay. T-E-L. Production Get using tail. using their bromide process. Oh, geez. General Motors and Standard Oil Company of New Jersey, now Exxon Mobil, created Ethyl Gasoline Corporation to produce, market, and TEL. Yeah. Produce and market TEL. Ethyl Corporation built a new chemical plant using high temperature ethyl chloride process at the Bay Refinery in New Jersey. Within First two months of op- of its operation, however, the new plant was plagued by more cases of lead poisoning, <laughs> hallucinations, God. insanity, and then w- with five deaths in a quick succession. At what point did they get into this and they were like, okay, maybe this is a bad idea? Apparently two factories later. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all have a sense of like what lead poisoning is like? No. It, it does make it makes you go crazy. I mean, it's okay. it's really bad yeah. for it's you. It's a Mad Hatter, right? It's a Mad Hatter type situation. That was arsenic, I believe, but it's a it's a it's a similar situation. This is a part of our scientific history. Is is the um, well? I know it's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pi- it it makes your car go zoom. But the <laughs> the the pioneers 
we're often sort of faced with dealing with these chemicals they didn't know what what would be the yeah, result. I wonder if Lovecraft was just always talking about lead poisoning. It's all of his books are just one big Probably. Yeah. No, I, I think there may be something to that. Well, um the the Mad Hatters one example. I believe there were certain areas of writing where the ink had something in it. Mm. Mary Curie is a famous example of someone who was you know killed by her own work when she worked with radiation. Mm. It's so, kind of a uh, beautiful in a way. <laughs> yeah. I think Newton was that way as well, right? We we've, we've talked about Newton before. I think he was doing the lead to gold thing and messed himself oh, yeah. up. Don't play with lead. <laughs> Get the unleaded. <laughs> where, where were we? <laughs> uh, October 30th, 1924, Midgley participated in a press conference to dem- demonstrate the apparent safety of TEL. Okay, now he's gone from... Well, maybe he is going crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. In this demonstration, he poured TEL over his hands then placed a bottle of the chemical under his nose and inhaled the vapor for 60 seconds, declaring that he could do this every day without succumbing to any problems whatsoever. However, the state of New Jersey ordered the Bayway plant to be closed, and a few days later, a Jersey standard was forbidden to manufacture a TEL there again. If New Jersey shuts you down, you know you've done something wrong. (laughs) They'll allow anything in that state. Sorry, New Jersey. That's true. (laughs) Midgley would later have to take leave of absence from work after being diagnosed with lead poisoning. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Midgley was... Wait, wait. wait. Pause. Hold on a second. I got a bottle of um, poison. Would you like to inhale it? No, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Maybe they paid Oh, surprise. (laughs) So have we discovered whether or not he was knowingly deceiving people or was he just so enamored with his invention that he, he couldn't it come does, to understand and believe that it was actually bad. That does, does not say that in here. Well, no, was, that's a good question. It would probably calls uh, what else is it? further research. Yeah. What else on TEL? Anything? Uh, it says he was relieved of his, his position as vice president in April 1925, reportedly due to his inexperience in organizational matters, but oh. he remained an employee oh, yeah. of General Motors. This is the this is kind of like the opposite of a Steve Jobs launch party. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this amazing thing I want to tell you all about. Oh, it's great, guys. Trust me. I'm going to breathe it in right now. <laughs> see? It's good. I'm trying to bottle. We'll see how that goes. I thought he was going to say that. I was like, and then he, and he ingested the gasoline. <laughs> all right. So it goes on to synth- synthesis of Freon. Yep. That's another number two. <laughs> All right. Here we go. In the late 1920s, air conditioning and refrigeration systems employed compounds such as ammonia. That's dangerous as hell. (laughs) Chloromethane, propane, sulfur dioxide. That's dangerous. Refrigerants. Though effective, they were toxic, flammable, or explosive, and (laughs) the event of a leakage could result in serious injury. Illness or even death. Wait, 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 wait. Can we just ask ourselves, is there anything else you could do there? It's toxic. It, it forms a black hole if you don't pay attention to it. 
You gotta feed it a couple you, sacrifices. Can you imagine like the HVAC guy coming over and then exploding? Like, cause he's like, I gotta refill this thing. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> like, oh, now you get you got a dead HVAC guy. You gotta deal with, and you're hot. <laughs> in the heat yeah. yeah yeah plus the added heat of explosion i know <laughs> it's probably toxic so you're probably I mean, poisoned i mean isn't gas like highly explosive I, I, and I, I say that kind of i realize it's very flammable but isn't it i mean we're basically like handling a very explosive fuel all the time like liquid yeah well, isn't that why we like it yeah it's very useful but it's probably like the most dangerous substance that we come into contact with on a regular basis and don't even think about it. As average people. Yeah, yeah as average people. I mean, you're putting it straight in your car. But like I, I've had these experiences where I'm like a campfire and somebody will be like, oh, gasoline, whatever. And this is the moment. And they don't, they Dustin, don't, they underestimate it. They underestimate it. And you have this like exploding fireball. And I've heard of like Dustin, sort of horror stories. Dustin will be at the gas station pour, uh, pumping ga- gas into his car, and he'll be like, I just really want a cigarette right now. Yeah. Well, there's a scene for that. But the thing, the, well, <laughs> the gasoline fight scene from Zoolander. <laughs> I believe Mythbusters prove that you need an open flame. Ah, you, you'd not just use heat. your lighter to, <laughs> to light your cig- not cigarette. Not just heat. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, if you want a bomb, just go down to the corner store and get one. And pour it right into a bucket. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Gas bomb. Yeah. Where were we? We were talking about explosive air conditioners. <laughs> ah, the frigid air division of General Motors at the time, a leading manufacturer of such systems, sought a non-toxic, non-flammable alternative to these refrigerants. Kettering, the vice president of General Motors Research Corporation at the time, assembled a team that included Midgley and Albert Leon Hinn. To develop such a compound. <laughs> Do you think they were like, well, he already invented unleaded gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surely he can't do it twice. Plus, yeah. how can he possibly make something worse than the things that we're already using? So they're like, we need you to make a non-toxic, non-flammable alternative to these refrigerants. Sounds like a tough job. How am I supposed to do that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. A non-toxic non-explosive substance that we can stick in refrigerators. Yeah, that does sound impossible. I think it was. So the team soon narrowed their focus to alkyl halides. Halides? Uh, The combination of carbon chains and halogens, which were known to be highly volatile, a requirement for refrigerant, and also chemically inert. Okay. They eventually settled on the concept of incorporating fluorine to a hydrocarbon. They rejected the assumption that such compounds would be toxic, believing that the stability of carbon fluoride bond would be sufficient to prevent the release of hydrogen fluoride. <laughs> Hasn't he already been down this road once? <laughs> All right. This is not going to be toxic. We reject that. There's a very easy way to test whether or not to, whether or not it's toxic. Drink it? You don't... Get what were like you going to say? I was going to say test it on like a, a lab rat or something. You don't need to start bullshitting your way out of this with the carbon compounds of this. They won't. They what won't you, what he's just a laid back dude. He's like, it'll be fine. I can kind of see myself going that way. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. We'll just try it. General Motors, they're probably like, he's our best guy. Well, 
it, you know, when I read this too, I think when General Motors screws up something now, they're like, we've been doing this for a hundred years. It will, it'll be okay. We've invented all the things that screwed up stuff. It, yeah. It's just what we do. So the team eventually synthesized dichlorofluoromethane. Oh, here we go. Oh, I can't believe I said that. That was excellent. You're getting better. The first chlorofluorocarbon, Damn. which they named Freon. This compound is more commonly referred to today as Freon-1-2, Freon-12, or R-12. I've heard of that. Uh, Freon and other CFCs soon replaced the various toxic or explosive substances previously used as refrigerants. And can you imagine having, like, an icebox that might explode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you reach for some ice cream, boom. <laughs> well, you got to fill it up. <laughs> like probably has like a real rickety pull start on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you use this refrigerants and later used in other applications such as propellants, propellants and aerosol spray cans. That was where I was going with the Aquanet mm-hmm. hairspray, <laughs> also from the eighties. Asthma <laughs> inhalers. <laughs> Bam! The Society of the Chemical Industry awarded Midgley the Perkin Medal of in nineteen thirty seven for his work. So he achieved the highest award in uh, American chemistry. Now, can we look up a CFC? I, I just want to make sure I understand that this is the thing. All right, do you see it somewhere? Here's that's not it. Uh, and Let's go back to the top. Maybe it's at the right top. there. Chloroformic carbons is an organic compound that contains only carbon, chlorine, and fluorine, oh, produced on, as a volatile derivative of methane, ethane, and propane. Guys, it's uh, it's organic, so it's good. It's natural. Everything's natural. <laughs> they are also commonly known by the Dupont brand name Freon. So that's a brand name. Okay. Uh, the most common representative dichlorofluoromethane. I said it again. <laughs> Getting so good. Uh, many CFCs have been widely used as refrigerants, propellants in aerosol applications, and solvents because CFCs contribute to ozone depletion in the upper atmosphere. In the upper atmosphere, the manufacture of such com- compounds has been phased out under the Montreal Protocol, and they have been re- being replaced with, with other products HFC. such as hydrofluorocarbons. Yeah. HFCs. So I don't know if we need to read into it further, but this this is the ozone depletion chemical, right? Mm-hmm. One of them. Sure. I think it's like lead in that you can't really do anything about it once it's in. It. One of the things about lead is you can't get it out of your body; it's just there. It's well. The other thing about lead is it's invisible. Like, you, how do you know? You can't suck it up. Yeah. You can't just get fresh air or eat a piece of bread. <laughs> but the bread soaks up the soup. Why can't yeah, it soak this up the lead? lead is not a hangover. Going like a juice cleanse <laughs> in Miami. Uh, That's what you did back then. No, I. Yeah, so CFCs. I mean, I remember when CFCs is like in the news. Oh yeah, because they figured out that the ozone layer had a hole in it. It was like, oh, all this stuff is bad. And then the, all the people that were putting hairspray in their hair had to stop. That's what <laughs> basically he caused the end of hair bands by inventing this product. Oh, that's the third evil he contributed to. I know it's true. <laughs> 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 uh, 
We could still be rocking our pants off to this day. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, we have to maintain the planet long enough. All right. So he invented or he contributed to two major, I guess you say evils. I mean, they're, they're, they're a product of modern living. Yeah. I They've mean, turned out to be kind of bad. Well, I mean, but yeah, probably not going to get it right the first time mm-hmm. or the fifth. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is for me, this is where the line is drawn and you guys tell me what you think. If he knew that he was jacking people up, not good. Right. If he should have known less, not good. If he was completely aloof to the fact that he was causing this, then he's fairly inculpable. Although as a scientist, maybe you have a responsibility to try to understand these things before we release in the world. But humanity was probably demanding these improvements. All these factories are having... Well, that's what I think he falls in the middle at the very least. Yeah. He he didn't do it on accident. Or or no, no, no. He didn't do it completely without any evidence that it could be bad. Mm Mm-hmm. But what do you do? Do you stop making? Do you stop making progress because you're like this might be bad? That's not what we do. That's not what we do, right? Yeah, we keep going. I mean, it's not if, what I do. If if there's some <laughs> terrible food in there that I know is killing me, I'm but it's, it's, it. it's easy to make and it tastes delicious. <laughs> Am I going to go do some farming all of a sudden? No, this is completely analogous to what's going on with Helm. Okay, so in 1937, I said this already, but he received the Perkin Medal. Mm. In 1941, the American Chemical Society gave Midgley its highest award, the Priestley Medal. He got two of them. Do you think he wore them around? Probably so. I mean, I don't know, really. When, when he was wheezing from lead poisoning and CFCs, <laughs> he's like, ah, like pointing he's, to his chest. He's basically Darth Vader. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> He burned himself with a prion exploded. So, yeah, they gave him the <laughs> <laughs> they gave him the Priestley Medal, and this was followed by the Wilford Gibbs Award in 1942. He was also held two honorary degrees and was elected the United States National Academy of Sciences. That's a big deal. Now, two honorary degrees does that mean they're just like, hey, you can we'll give you a degree for nothing? No, no, it's a degree per. <laughs> Human rights violation <laughs> or atrocity. Uh, Each atrocity gets a degree. Is that how it works? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the Cornell School of Evil Doing. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. So this dude was kind of dec- so he was elected elected the United States National Academy of Sciences. Yep. Elected to the that's know. that's a super high honor, yeah. Then in 1944, he was elected president and chairman of the American Chemical Society. American Chemical Society. In 1940, at the age of 51, Midgley contracted a poly- disease, polymyelitis, polymyelitis, uh-huh. <laughs> which left him severely disabled. This led him to devise an elaborate system of strings and pulleys to help others lift him from the bed. This system was the eventual cause of his own. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when he oh. was entangled in the ropes of this device and died How's there not strangulation a movie? at the age of 55. Oh, my gosh. How is there not a movie about this guy? <laughs> he, this he, is a story. He basically he turned himself into a puppet. 
Oh, it's true. And the puppet was murdered by his this own strength. Everything he invented killed someone. <laughs> Even him. He is an actual super villain at this point. I mean, my question is, should we be laughing about this stuff? This is, this is hilarious. Well, this is the cause of that dark humor, you know. You gotta you gotta let it out. Okay. It's it, it's terrible, but the only thing we can do with these level of tragedies is the human condition. Yeah. You know. He, he's like, I'm no good now, so I'm a puppet. Yeah. Here's some strings. Yeah. Pull me around. Pull me out of bed. God, what a way to go. And he was young. 55 is young for like a for a scientist like him. I mean, you know, he probably still could have done a lot of work. Sure. Well, let's read about his legacy. Uh, Midgley's legacy has been scarred. Oh, you think? By the negative environmental impact of some of his innovations. His work led to the release of large quantities of lead into the atmosphere. As a result of large-scale combustion of leaded gasoline all over the world, high atmospheric lead levels have been linked with serious long-term health problems from childhood, including neurological impairment and with increasing lo- increased levels of violence and criminal criminality in cities. Now, is it saying that uh, long-term health problems from childhood, including neurological impairment, and with increased levels of violence? So how is it linking that together? So is it saying like there's brain problems uh, in children? Yes, I think so. Which causes criminal activity? Uh, well, it, 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 it probably reduces their rational function. and ha- may, you know, Yes. Some brain damage that's leading to, you know, uh, an, an extra large. So it's like if you put a bunch of children on bath salts. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Thomas Midgley Jr. died three decades before the ozone depleted. Depleting. What? Three decades before the ozone depleting and the greenhouse gas effects of CFCs in the atmosphere became widely known. Yeah. So when, he, when did he die again? He died in 1945. 50, so they're saying 85. That's about right. Yeah. 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 Um, so Bill Bryson remarked on Midgley possessed, that Midgley possessed an instinct for regrettable, for the regrettable that was almost uncanny. That sums it up. Oh, no, it was 1945. They're going to make a musical about this guy. Then uh, J.R. McNeil, an environmental historian. I don't know what this word is. Opined? Opined, yeah. That's a word? Yep. That Midgley had more impact on the atmosphere than any other single organism in Earth's history. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I guess he went as far as to say, not just all the humans, any... Organism. I mean, we're talking dinosaurs here. <laughs> Can we just make like a supervillain of history memorial museum or something? Let me just, just read re- that. Again. We could put Genghis Khan yeah, in there I, with I wanna, uh, Midgley. I want to hear it one more time. J.R. McNeil, an environmental historian, <clears throat> opined that Midgley had more impact on the atmosphere than any other single organism in Earth's history. <laughs> yeah, this guy was a supervillain. We get it now. <laughs> well,. I still feel a little bad for the guy. Yeah, I don't. You know, if you if you if you line him up against like some scientists from say you know World War II, which I don't want to get into, mm. but I mean, he was obviously trying to make progress, right? Probably a prophet too. 
they probably did make profit. Yeah, they made. I mean, he was a and arguably progress. Yeah, no more exploding HVAC <laughs> systems. <laughs> <laughs> but and how was he to know that CFCs were going to destroy the ozone? I guess he couldn't have known that. I mean, any number of things could have. He just lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> or got unlucky. Well, <sighs> it's a little depressing. Hmm. I still think we need a museum of an of a unfortunate. Uh, how how would you say that? Accidentally villainous people. Accidental villains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm sure that's why we don't know more about him. Oh, well, maybe this is why we know about him. There's probably a lot of science he's done. Okay, like here's that. a quote from BBC News, Lawrence Knight. Given that lead poisoning had been around so long, the actions of the chemist Thomas Midgley Jr. appear to have been reckless in the extreme. So that's an accusation. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was just completely reckless. He's basically saying, we've known about lead poisoning and you're being reckless. Yeah. yeah. New Jersey shut him down. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe the uh, Wikipedia is not trying to form opinions here. Right. It's just. Well, this is why he's notable. He is notable. I mean, he. I mean, there's a lot of scientists that have gone to his level of achievement that we will never know about, but we know. I heard about this person because of these things. Well, uh, anything else to note about Thomas Mid- Midgley Jr.? I can't think of anything else. What? How would you feel if this was you? You did some great things. You made some great things. Well, it depends what I know that... I guess, I mean, well, dude from BBC News saying that we knew about lead poisoning. That's a thing. And you're being reckless, sir. I mean, if it was me in this situation, I would probably would have gone ahead with it but not with any kind of like mass production in mind just to you would do the research just for the research sake and maybe not put it out to the public you don't have the pressures of economics on you you have to imagine all your peers your your job your job your your place of employment is probably putting a lot of pressure yeah anyways we don't have to dig in that too much yeah but yeah and I would make a robot bed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm into the whole puppet idea. Puppet bed. Where where were we with uh, puppeteering at this time? Fox? <laughs> well, apparently at human level because this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's probably about it for Doctor Tom. Yep, that's really fucking the world. <laughs> good job. <laughs> okay. well, you guys have a good night.